You're listening to Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Hello, Gareth Hall with you. This is the Breeding, Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the one and the only, the captain, Guy Moldcaster. We're recording this at 10 past 11 on a Wednesday morning as we get set for one of the biggest weeks. It's the biggest week in racing, Melbourne Cup week. We've also got the Golden Eagle and the Giga Kick at Rose Hill on Saturday, plus plenty to talk about. And let's welcome in the captain who joins me live in the studio here in Melbourne in Coventry Street at SEN. Hello to you, Captain. Good morning, Gareth. Just got back from England. Uh, yes. Had a successful trip over there and uh, looking forward to one of the weeks of racing. Guy Moldcaster, now, usually, usually join us like you're, you're up at 5 o'clock every morning and you must have slept in this morning here because... I had Will Bourne on my show, Giddy Up, who was over there in the UK with you there at Newmarket for the Tattersall's Autumn Horse in Trading Sale. And he said he'd been up since 2 a.m. wide awake, the jet lag, and then he sort of hits a brick wall. Um, I had some mail that you turned up to a, 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 a watering hole in Melbourne on Sunday afternoon. You lasted about an hour, then had to pull the pin, and then you slept into that. I'm worried for your health. Don't worry, Gareth. It'll all be good. I'm coming through it, and I'm just about over it now. How do you handle it? What's the secret there, Captain? Oh, you just take it step by step and try not to travel too often. You're at track work there Tuesday, I saw you. Yeah, we saw some pretty good gallops here yesterday yes. morning. I think you would have picked up on the ones that work pretty well, Gareth. Well, I don't know what I'm really looking at, but um, i tell you what, the Melbourne Cup favourite galloped like a good horse. Mm, so did Loft a couple of years ago. I know, but he broke down. Touch wood, that doesn't happen to Vorban. Um, big show coming up. We'll recap the Tattlesell's Autumn Horses in Training Sale there at Newmarket. There was a lot of Australian buyers that were really active there. And then, of course, we'll preview all of the big races coming up on uh, the weekend and also Cup Week. But it's a great time of the year as always. And, Captain, you're back from the Tattlesell's Autumn Horses in Training Sale and you had a pretty good time of it. Chris Waller purchased Denmark, um, Florida, and unlimited. So a couple there from Willie Haggis's camp, and then you purchased a horse of Aidan O'Brien and the Coolmore team, which was Denmark for 240 guineas, which is what Australian. Oh, it's about 600 landed, I'd say. Yeah. So you did you shop well? I think we did. Um, it's pretty hard because there's so many horses in the catalogue, and there's so many withdrawn with a day to go. So you know you can have your big list, but. It sort of all comes down to the bounce of the ball, like those two horses, the first two horses we bought, we actually beat Gay Waterhouse and, and bought on those yeah. with their representatives in Europe. But then an hour later, they paid 525000 for a horse. So it all comes down to what sort of money you've got and how, you, how it all plays out. You know, like if you go off and spend over your budget on the first one, you might not have enough for the next one. So we were happy with what we got and... Um, could have done with a couple more, but that's just the way it goes. With the success, say, of a, without a fight, winning the Caulfield Cup, came here for last year's Melbourne Cup, do you think that the owners there in the UK will start to send their horses instead of selling them? Yes, that's true. But the thing is, the trainers are not very helpful in that regard either. You know, they love their own little pond and they don't really want... Few trainers like um, Richie Rich, you know, the owner with Willie... Willie Mullins, he, he's always wanted to come to a Melbourne Cup. Yep. Whereas a lot of the other owners, it doesn't really appeal to them as much. And it's difficult for some of those trainers, like those young trainers especially coming up through the ranks, is that even if they get an Ascot winner, they're 
basically, and David Eustace pointed this out to me the other day at a function, is that it's so heartbreaking for them because they might have a good horse, but the next day they're sold at this sale. Either that or they decide to bring them to Australia and somebody gets hold of their owner and the next thing they leave it here and it's a catch-22 for them, you know. And, you know, with the vettings, it's very hard as well. To come to Victoria, you have to get through the scans and everything. It's a contentious sort of subject, but, I mean, it's probably not going to go away, so you have to roll with the punches. So at that sale, so Cornwall's an interesting one. So Denmark has to get, see, do you do a CT scan with him? No, that... Those horses are basically, you see them as they stand. They'll have a set of x-rays for the ones that are going to make money. The other ones you just do so physicals that's a, on. That's a big punt then, especially with the the requirements these days in Australia for these horses. I know it's different when they come over here outside of our carnivals, but um, if you want to race in a Melbourne Cup or a Caulfield Cup, you need to make sure that they're passing these CT scans. Yes and no. I think uh, you'll find that a lot of horses will come here and spend 12 months and they'll do the scans and they'll check them out. And then if they, if they need a little bit of a clean-up, yep. they'll do that. Um, Australian Bloodstock and First Light Racing also played a part. First Light Racing, great supporters of ours here on, on my show anyway, and Giddy Up. And Timmy Wilson, he does a good job. So um, I don't think they pay too much for their horses that they purchase. But um, it's good to see. it's good to see that, well, basically – this sale looks like it would be buggered if it wasn't for the Australian sky. I think uh, it used to be around about 15 to 18 purchases. Last year it got to 35. This year it's nearly 50. It's astonishing, really. But, I mean, you think about people like First Light and Bennett Racing and, the, and Derby Racing, all those syndicators, they know if they buy a horse there, it will be sold the next day. Yeah, which is which is a great advertisement and a great show of strength of how our industries are, are travelling. Oh, I mean, when you go to go to Europe and that and you see all the people at the sales and they just tell you how the owners are petrified, they have to jump through hoops to be able to put a bet on, at least we can just walk into the tab and put, it, put the yeah. money in the machine and away we go, Gareth. So um, is it easy to sell a horse from these sales? Because you can tell them if you buy Denmark or Florida or Unlimited, you're going to play a part maybe in a carnival and you're going to be racing in town with the Premier Trainer Chris Waller. Then going to the sales these days, because they tell me there's a lot of syndicators and some trainers that have been under extreme pressure with the way that it's not because of them or the quality of the thoroughbreds that have been sold, but the, the economy these days. Um, that it can be difficult for them to move them on. What are you hearing on the, the I grapevine? Think, I think everybody that bought horses at the Tattersall sale there in England last week would have would have been nearly fully subscribed. Yeah. You know, as you said at the at the top of the show, it is Melbourne Cup week. It's Golden Eagle week. Yes. You know, people have, have got the vibe they're interested in racing this week. You go to the Magic Million sales, if you don't sell a horse that week, the next week they're all back into work. And, they, and their interest levels of buying horses can wane a little mm-hmm. bit. Just um, just on that, so if you buy a horse, all right, I don't want to get into your business, um, Captain. So if you buy a horse, do they give you 30 days or do you have to pay on, like America, you have to pay on the spot? No, um, basically you, you organise your um, credit, credit arrangements with yep. Tattersalls and, and you get 30 days and um, all those horses are subject to a pyro plasmosis test which means that they have to be negative for pyroplasmosis before they 
are exported to What's Australia. That? Sorry, it's an innocuous disease that doesn't actually do anything. It it can just can just be there like a little bug okay. and uh, and that sort of thing. And it's not allowed in Australia, so the horse is returnable if you get the pyroplasmosis mm-hmm. test done. We're talking to Will Bourne on Giddy Up on the Wednesday debate. I know he's your protege, is he? Did you have to teach him a few tricks of the trade on and off? That oh, he's got a few tricks full stop, Gareth. Yeah, they, they tell me that. If oh, he well. was a racehorse, he'd have a lugging bit on and a crossover yes. noseband, the hood and the red hood on the way to the start. It'd be very difficult to get inside of his brain, I would imagine. Mm. He'd be very aloof from time yeah, to time. I think he'd be better with a flag start. Yeah. Now, he was indicating, say... The Melbourne Cup, all right, we've got internationals galore, but the Golden Eagle, I want to touch on this. There's a few there's a few international horses, including the horse that you've purchased for um, Chris Waller and Connections there, racing the famous English colours in Age of Kings. Will was pointing out that it's difficult for us Australians to buy a horse for this race because the 1,500 metres is confusing. Now, everybody wants to buy a 1,200, I mean, a, a horse for a $10 million race, but... Um, if you want to buy a horse that's a middle distance horse, like a light infantry, like 1,500 metres an hour with our racing pattern and style is just too short for him. But then if you want to purchase a 1,200 metre horse for a race like this, well, our horses are probably better. So it's a difficult race, 1,500, to, to, to purchase an international horse in a way. And those horses are giving half a year away as well. Correct, yeah. But, I mean... The proof will be in the pudding. If if one of these Europeans comes out and wins a Golden Eagle, it'll be everybody be trying to get one next year. But it's a it's the market a, tells us there's no chance. Well, the market's usually right. Correct. But I mean, it's a hell of a good Golden Eagle. It is. We had this debate as well. Would you prefer to be like if you had one ticket and you could go to Rose Hill or Flemington on Saturday? What ticket are you taking? Uh, I'm a, I'm a purist. I'm a traditionalist. Yeah, I'd still be going to Flemington. I think the racing might be better from a quality point of view, uh, apart from the Cornwall, which is also an intriguing race. But the, the the Eagles are beauty, and so is the when you get to see arguably our best sprinter in the country and think about it, go around it's, it's hard to beat. But there's nothing like Flemington when you're walking. No, no. there's only one Flemington. Definitely. Yep. Um, let's take a break. This is the Breeding Bloodstock and Bander podcast. Gareth Hall with you with the captain guy, Molecaster. We'll discuss what's happening this week and we'll see. The, the captain wants to take me on. We're going to give a tip. We're going to have $100 to play with, um, Monopoly money, and we'll see who who lands the biggest punch by the end of the spring. Um, so looking forward to that. So we'll come back and we'll relive some of the big moments there on the weekend, both in Sydney and Melbourne. Welcome back to the Breeding Bloodstock and Banner Podcast. Gareth, all with you with the Captain Guy Moldcaster. It was terrific, I think, for Australian racing to see Romantic Warrior do what he did in the Cox Plate. You're a fan now, Captain. You were taking him on a little bit. You, I were, was disre- ta- you were disrespectful to James McDonald and the Hong Kong and the Hong Kong Army there. I was taking him on, but uh, hats off to a great ride and a very good training performance. But Gareth. Yes. When you look at a Cox Plate, mm-hmm. do you ever see six horses within two lengths over the line? But uh, what my, one of my favourite Cox Plates, you saw four horses, all our mob juggler, Falante and Saintly, and they were pretty handy gallopers, weren't they, Captain? Yeah, yeah, yeah but four's not six. 
I know, but sixes, like, they've been pretty even throughout their careers. Mm. Normally, I like to see the Cox Plate winner cut loose at the school and just smash them. Mm. Well, Romantic Warrior never looked like winning there the other day. He no, looked but, off the bit. But maybe, you know, with his interrupted preparation, maybe he was still only 95%. I you think, know, like, I wouldn't want to be the one thinking you're going to beat him on his home ground in, in a month's you know, time. I think J-Mac pointed that out. He's, like, they had to give him an extra gallop. So they gave him that extra gallop. And they're always playing catch-up in a way. Yeah, and, it, like, he did look like he blew up in the turn ball. Yeah. You know, he ran a pretty respectable race. If it wasn't Romantic Warrior, he would have said, you know, satisfactory, but not amazing. But, um, you know, he obviously came on those gallops at Mooney Valley prior to the Cox Plate were pretty good. The ride was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And there was a number of unlucky runners. Fangirl? Fangirl. What are they going to do with her? Are they going to back her up in a, in a spring um, champion's mile? Well, you were at track work yesterday, Gareth, and I yeah. think Chris Waller let the cat out of the bag. But it, were you not there for that interview? No, I was doing my show. You were meant to bring Christopher over. Did yeah, well, that's a and lot he, harder than meant to. You know, like, do I have a control over that bloke? Well, I thought you did because you're his <laughs> mentor and, and you you looked after him. I thought, Chris, you know, Gareth's one of my mates, so I don't know if you can just drop by and hey, say, say a quick g'day to him. I tried my best. All he was worried about was the bacon and egg roll. Yes. It looked like it had been there since last year's Melbourne Cup. I Carnival. didn't have one. I can't, no. I can't comment. And then, um, then he had to get... Back to the stables to check all the horses that had galloped, mm. and um, and then on the plane back to Sydney. For, is, he, is he in Flemington or Rose Hill Saturday? He's at Rose Hill on Saturday. Okay, that's interesting. So Shinzo's no chance then in the. Oh, Cornwall. I didn't say that, but he has got four runners in the Golden Eagle. Yeah, but they're all drawn bad. Bad might not be so bad. Yeah, we'll get to that in just a moment. So, where's Fangirl going, by the way? I would say she'd run in the mile on the last day myself. She might be hard to beat there. That could be my bet for the week. Um, so, so Romantic Warrior wins. I want to have a chat about Street Cry. What an extraordinary stallion on both sides of the fence from a stallion proposition with the horses that he's produced, but also as a broodmare sire. Yeah. Romantic Warrior, of course, um, Street Cry is the his, his mother, Romantic Warrior, was by Street Cry. Yeah. Yeah. So what a horse. Amazing. Amazing. But, I mean, he was obviously a very nice horse all the way through Romantic Warrior because they paid plenty for him as a yearling and they mm-hmm. paid a hell of a lot more when he sold through the Hong Kong International sale. Yeah. And, of course, Winks won four and um, with the street cry blood. So, And talking about the, the street cry blood, my horse, Tommy Kitten, you said he couldn't stay. Oh, what a performance that was there. On Saturday in the Spring Champion Stakes, he keeps on improving like he did. He might be in a Cox Plate next year, Captain. Well, the whole reason that they didn't run him in the Derby is the fact they think he's going to be a proper weight for age horse next, yeah. next preparation. You know, and he and he's kept stepping up. He's had two unlucky runs, and he and he absolutely blew them away there. Was it a vintage uh, race on Saturday? Not really. Not convinced, but. You know, like if you've got a good horse like that and you look after him, he could be running in a QE2 next next autumn. Yeah. He has to keep on improving, Tom Kitten. But 
I always, you know, those beaten jockey interviews, yes. Sky Racing, Natural Willow got beat on him the start before and he put his hand up and said, well, he didn't have much luck, Nash. And he didn't have much luck on Tommy Kitten throughout that campaign. Um, but he did point out, he goes, I think this could be one of the best or best horses that he's ever ridden. Yeah. And that pricks your ears, doesn't it? Sure does. So I'm looking forward to seeing what big Tommy can do next, well, what's, next, next, you next know, autumn. He'll go to a derby probably, I would imagine. Oh, I think they'd I think they'd keep him at the two thousand next autumn. So guineas and then maybe QE2. throw him in the deep end with the QE two. Yeah, that'd be what I'd be thinking. I um, think that's what they'd be thinking. And Harry Angel, of course, the old man of Tom Kitten, he's yes. he could he could produce the Coolmore winner, Stretton Angel. The Phillies have got a good record, double figure price for her. And Arkansas Kid um, was good the other day at a price there at Caulfield. We were on. Were you on then? No. The Oliver. Oh, no. it was a beautiful ride. I don't think Arkansas Kid can win the Coolmore, um, but Stretton Angel can for yeah, Harry. Yeah, I thought the run was good when she won a couple, a couple of weeks ago. I'm Invincible just continues to do what I'm Invincible does, and of course he's the sire of Imperatrice. It's caused great debate in Sydney and Melbourne. Who's the best sprinter in Australasia? We had this debate as well. It's sort of, it's like pub talk in a way. So my, my opinion could be different to your opinion, but how can anyone prove who's right or wrong, Guy? You can't. You just want to see them all go head to head, don't you? Yeah, why can't that happen? We put on a $20 million race and we still can't get that to happen. Yeah, it's amazing, really. And and they were adamant the whole way through that they didn't want to go there. They didn't want to take them all No. Off, you know, but hey... It, on the uh, social media, Dan O'Sullivan rated it 108, which is a hell of a big rating. It you know? is. And, but like, so, he, you know, he does it with numbers and that. It's just not an opinion. It's so, mass. Mm. The great Gavin Lang, you know Gavin Lang, the champion harness racing driver? Sure do, yeah. Yeah, the late, great Gavin Lang. And a few, like he said to me one day, Gareth, and I, and I believe, like, I'm big on data, and I think data plays an important role. And I'm not disrespecting anyone, especially Dan O'Sullivan. But the great G Lang told me one day, he said, Gareth, that sometimes people get carried away. You know how he used to speak? Um, it's not just about the times. It's a, it's who they beat. Yeah, totally. Because it's different pressure. When you've got a superstar looking you in the eye and then think about it, we don't know his ceilings. And he says, come on, girl, what have you got? Like, she beat, and she beat up on group two horses at best. Yes. So it's... Um, it's a difficult one. In secret, like I'm tipping in secret against her down the straight at Flemington because she's been there, done done that. And there's there's a great argument to say that she should have nearly won an Everest if she drew where, say, think about it did. We'll yeah. never know, but you can argue that. Yeah, well, I think uh, it'd be it'd be great to see uh, think about it and uh, and the stable mate come down for that race on the last day of the... Of well, they the won't back up, You will wouldn't they? think no. so. They've done... They've done a good job and they've got a pretty he- healthy bankroll for the carnival, so I don't think they need to do that. And so that's, and it's like if he wins, think about it, I think it's a $2 million bonus for the leading sprinter throughout the spring there in Sydney. So the money's ridiculous. Um, so hats off to Tiako Racing. And I guess we'll never, we might not even, we, we might never get to see these horses compete on the big stage, unfortunately, together. Um, so I'm invincible. He continues to be the superstar. Like when, when think about it one the other day, so you think went to the top of the, the prize money for the size and it took a pair of trees and I'm invincible a week to peg him back. He's a remarkable stallion. I'm invincible. Um, 
What are the other highlights there? Espiona, that was her birthday. It was a $2 million race, but she she laid in again and did a few things wrong, but she's a quality animal and that was a great effort by her. Um, let's hope we see her at Flemington. Will we see her at Flemington or will she be at home haven't, now? I uh, haven't heard any murmurs about her coming to Flemington. Yep. What did you make of Prowess? Got the job done. Yep. Would she have been competitive in a Cox Plate or... Is she 12 months away? Uh, because she'd had the setback, I don't think it was ever really on the agenda. Um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, Prowess, Legato and that. The, you know, if, if Legato comes out and runs really well on Saturday, well, then Prowess is going to be hard enough to beat in the 2000 on the last day. Um, Skybird was impressive. You're not one I know a hell of a Skybirds at Mitch Freeman horse, um, um, Bo Merton's run, unbeaten so far. Great turn of foot. She'll be hard to beat in a thousand guineas, Skybird. You should keep an eye on her, a daughter of Exophia. Um, what do you make of the Derby? A pool here on the quick backup, son of Fiorente. Like, I don't think Riff Rocket, and we'll talk about this a little later on, but, um, I don't think Riff Rocket, I think there's a question mark whether he can stay. Verdad, I don't. I don't think he appreciated being on that, that hot tempo, setting that up, that son of Justify the other day. So it'd be interesting to see how they ride him on Saturday. Yeah, I think the Derby's a little bit more open than the market suggests. Yeah, and Bold Bastille, big tip around for that galloper. Um, he was purchased, I think, for a couple of hundred thousand. He's a brazen bow. And uh, Lindsay Park for Ozzy Kerr got the job done, led all of the way. I've got a couple... There's some two-year-olds that are trialling nicely. Um, I don't know if I can reveal them just yet, but I've done my homework around the traps. I don't know if I found the golden slipper winner. I might let you know a little later on. Um, and so there's some nice racing in New Zealand as well, but we'll touch on that as we get close to, to Cup Week at Rickerton. Have you been to Cup Week I've at Rickerton? I've been to Cup Week at Rickerton, and yep. it's bloody good. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, Super Sess doing a great job, the son of done deal. I reckon they'd be over the moon with the way that he's hit the ground running. Yeah, when they stand at Waikato Stud, they usually achieve. They do, don't they? Mark Chittick, I saw him on Everest Week and he he he, he didn't have gate one. He came across from gate 12, three and four wide without cover throughout that week and just kept on punching. Yeah, well, when you come to the Cracker Sales, I'm sure, Gareth, you'll be one of the people in the, in the Waikato Stud marquee and... They do it better than anybody else. Yep. They, they never run out of alcohol. They've got food on. There's celebrities like you in the, in the tent all day, every day. And they've got an amazing draft of horses that they sell. So I'm looking forward to catching up with you and the Waikato Stud Marquee at the Cracker Sales. Do you know what we're going to do? What are we going to do? So we're going to have a bit of a, um, we're going to take Jacko. He can come to New Zealand this year. We're going to go around the different tents and we're going to have a, they're going to have a cook-off. And so who presents the best food and, and hospitality at the sale? Yeah, well, I reckon... I, I know I'll be the judge because I know you don't want to upset too many farms. Yeah, but, but I reckon you need to be having something on Trelawney, something on Cambridge Stud, and then you'll see the amazing food that Pincaro produces. All right, then. I reckon I found one out wide. I forgot its name, but it's out the back. I've, there's a few out the back, but I'll have to... I'll have to uh, Leith Innes took me there. Did he really? Yeah, yeah, it was very good. I don't yeah. know if he was related to them or not. But 
the thing is with Lisa Innes, was he invoicing you or was he invoicing me? Probably you. It's mm. a li- We're going to take a break. We'll come back and have a look at the big races on Saturday in Sydney and Melbourne. This is the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter Podcast with the one and the only Guy Molecaster. You're listening to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the captain. Welcome back to the Breeding Bloodstock and Banner podcast with the one and the only, the Captain Guy Moldcaster, Gareth Hall, with you as well. Let's have a look at Saturday. I think you've got the Golden Eagle with $10 million. You've got the Giga Kick. You've got the Derby, the classic, the VRC Derby, which is older than the Melbourne Cup with great history. You have an Empire Rose at Group 1 level. But for everybody involved in racing, the 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 biggest the biggest check at the end of the day might be after the Coolmore. From a breeding point of view, um, the best three-year-old sprinters doing battle down that straight at Flemington. And it's going to be a great race, Captain. Yeah, and we're very happy with the way Shinzo's going. His trial was pretty good the other day. He's drawn uh, to get a good run at Barrier 4, and I think he'll be hard enough to beat. But amazing, Gareth, with all this good racing, wouldn't it be the way, way to go to have a pick six across the cards? The they do that, big. don't they? They did that last year. They've, I've done that. I don't know if the tab do that, but they've done that before where you have the three biggest, like the last three races of, mm. on each card. But I suppose, you know, when they when they did their insurance for the uh, for the Everest, they didn't think some lunatic was going to pick the first of 12, oh. you know? It was, they would have had an insurance, but it was great advertisement there for the Entain. Yeah, but they don't expect it to go off the first no. year. And it wasn't that hard after all, was Oh, it? easy afterwards, wasn't it? We wouldn't have got the first two right. <laughs> well, I, I probably. <laughs> I, speak for yourself, Captain. Um, having a look at the barrier draws, Shinzo Barrier 4, Cylinder Barrier 14, Timmy Clark rides, Don Corleone, they can't control him down the straight. Your man, Opie's aboard, Barrier 3, V818, King's Gambit 2. King's Gambit's awesome talking about, not Don. So Barrier 2, Stapati 1. Arkansas Kids, 16. Snapback, 13. Shalite, 11. I'm Unstoppable, 12. Osmosis, 6. There's the speed there. Mexico, 10. Butch Cassidy, Moravia. Barrier, 7. It's got Toe. Salulai, the Craig Newitt, Red and Brett Stanley train galloper. Barrier, 5. Nadal, Barrier, 15. Tis Invincible. Harry Coffey, Barrier, 9. Stretton Angel, Barrier, 17. And Treasureway. Barry eight. I think the speed's across the track, but there's a lot of speed where Shinzo's drawn. So he could get on the back of an osmosis that could cart him into that race, and then they might come together. So I don't think it's an overly um, disappointing draw for the Shinzo f- No, followers. not at all. But the thing is, the way when you read those out, Gareth, I tell you what, if you've got an opinion, you could back your, back your judgment because like, you're going to get a run for your money no matter where you've drawn yeah, Cylinder was very good. I thought he was pretty good. He looked the winner at a, at a stage there in the when Zach Lloyd pushed out of that pocket in the Everest. I thought, hang on a second, he just didn't finish it off in that class. Shinzo was like it was difficult to do anything from where he was in an Everest, and Shinzo's got that similar form like profile to what Home Affairs did. Can you compare Home Affairs and Shinzo? Um. Well, they're both bloody good horses mm-hmm. and, you know, they're both going to end up standing at Coolmore Stud. And I think, you know, like if Shinzu can do this on Saturday, he probably stands at more than home affairs. And we all know one man is hungry when it comes to winning a big race like that down the straight, old J-Mac. 
Well, I um, don't. I don't know if if you should really say hungry about winning a big race down the down the straight. He's just hungry. Oh, he's very hungry, yeah. but especially when he's got the Coolmore colours in a race like this, you yeah. know what I mean? He's exactly, very hungry. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, you know, you've you've seen him day in, day out. He's he's just hungry. For as as G Boss used to say, he goes, "I used to love riding these type of horses," and Bossy. He mentioned this a couple of times to me. He rode bivouac and he celebrated like a champion, but he forgot Godolphin don't do the deals for the jocks. <laughs> With like, um, so sometimes the jocks, and this is on, on the record, so we're not speaking out of school, but they get a service fee if they win. You know what I mean? So like if you win a big group one on a stallion, then the sling might be a free service fee for the rest of its career. Yeah. Um, because it's such a valuable race for everybody involved if they can win a Coolmore. Yeah, I don't I don't think you can put a monetary value on on a fact of if you've got a Coolmore next to your name, you know, like Yeah. So it would be uh, it'd be amazing if, if you get a golden slipper, come back and win a Coolmore. That's just basically the icing on the cake. Yeah, and so Godolphin and Coolmore, this is the race that they've set both these horses for because it's worth so much in Cylinder and Shinzo, and they fought out a golden slipper. They might just fight out a, 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 a Coolmore, a horse like a um, I'm Unstoppable. He's a son of I'm Invincible. He was only purchased for $60,000, but how much would this horse be worth if he won there on Saturday? Yeah, that's a, it's an interesting one because, you know, you, if you're starting off with an animal that has a big pedigree and a big profile, it, it, helps, it yeah. makes a lot of difference. Whereas you might have a cheaper horse that happens to win this race. Yes, he goes to stud, but what does he stand at? You know, yeah. it's an interesting play. Riff Rocket, can he get the staying trip of 2,500 metres? He might not have to, and he's been in two walkathons. Um, I think you forget his call for a run, but the others on that Flemington effort have to make up six or seven lengths. But whether the change of setup with the race might do that, I don't know. But he's an interesting derby runner. Yeah, definitely. But the thing is, you know, there's probably a few in that derby that have got zero chance. Normally the ones that have got no hope basically go forward and, and take their take their luck. So the Caulfield run was farcical as far as speed. So I think at Flemington they'll run along and it should give the horse a good chance to finish off where he probably had a personal best, where so, he definitely had a personal best. So when I asked you, when you looked at Riff Rocket in the sales yard, was it in the sales or was it homebred? Homebred. Oh, okay. So if you looked at Riff Rocket in the yard, would you think it's a derby horse? The way it walks, the way its body's, um, like the way, way it's um, developed? Uh, pretty hard to say, you know, like it's hard to pigeonhole them. You get a horse like we spoke about, Tom Kitten. He just mm. wants he just wants to run. He just wants to stay. So his pedigree doesn't really suggest he wants to be a twenty four hundred meter horse. But he's just got the got the piece inside that you can't see. One of the most interesting runners all days, Empire in the Empire Rose Alcohol Free. Quick back up from the invitation gets to Flemington. Gets to sixteen hundred. This is the year long horse purchase for just over eleven million dollars. And it was it must have been at the tat sale or was yeah, that one of those December sales? Sale last September, year. yep. So it was nearly a record. I think it was the second highest horse purchased at a yearly or at a horse sale in the UK. She was she was okay in an Everest. She was okay. I thought she was pretty good at an invitation, but I think she might be worth a punt here. Sixteen hundred Flemington. Yeah, well the thing is like Gay Waterhouse basically asked Yulong to buy this mare for her. For a Cox Plate? Well, it didn't. It doesn't really matter what she asked them to buy it for. The fact is they bought it. 
and sh- and she'll be determined to get them a result. So Saturday should should yep. look pretty good for her. Um, then we've got the, the I'm looking forward to seeing is Fura. I think she'll win again. I, I love her. Um, and the horse that I just wanted to bring this up once again because I love it. The horse named after you, Ladies Man. Um, I don't think Ladies Man needs to, Ladies Man's in the Melbourne Cup. It'll gain a start. I don't know if they'll risk running Ladies well, Man. Well, it's now about on seven paid up for that race, so I'd say they'll be running. Oh, okay, then can it win? Well, it's a pretty moderate sort of race. Yep. And the Kiwis love money, so I'd say it'll be it'll be out there trying to get some prize money to go home because I think, without being rude, it's probably going to struggle to get. Uh, prize money on Tuesday in yep. the Melbourne Cup. Let's have a chat about the Golden Eagle. We'll have Nobu on this or Emerald. I don't know where we'll go, but we'll have lunch. That my horse, the Perth Pony, Amelia's Jewel. I don't, I think you dubbed it the Perth Pony. No, I didn't. I don't know. I don't know who dubbed it, but I've taken. Well, Shane Miller wasn't very happy. Simon then. Miller, you've no, got to you get his saying, name right. Yeah, Bloody well, hell! Last time we did the show, and he was walking in the door, and I called him Shane Miller, and he started. I thought he was going to box me in the nose. There's different. I remember. They like fighting in Perth, don't nah, they? No, Simon's a lover, not a fighter. Um, so he'll she'll beat Kovalika home from that draw, surely. Well, we can have another lunch on that if you like. No, we're definitely having a lunch on it. Okay. Nobu will have. No, I don't like Nobu. All right, then we'll have what? Emerald? Emerald's more my game. All right, then. Or well, something in Gold Coast. I'm, we're going to the we're going to the sales this year. We're doing the podcast up at your penthouse. Looking forward to that. We might have to get J Mac as the special guest. Do you think that'll happen? Oh, that's going to be billable hours. Oh. That's going to cost you a fortune at SEN. No, don't worry about that. Mate rates for J Mac. Um, so I think that Amelia's Jewel will be beating. Who wins the? Who wins so the? So you've Golden got Eagle? Amelia's Jewel, and I've got Kovalika and it's yep. first man home. Correct. Or should we just have it? You can have Amelia's jewel on I'll have the horses I purchased. Which one? Kovalika? Osipenko, oh. Vienna Princess, and Age of Kings. Who's the best chance out of those four? Uh, I think the Osipenko all, might be suited back to 15. They've all got merit. Yeah. And you've got to remember, Osipenko did blunt, run bloody well against the Hayes horse and he hasn't two starts had, ago. And he hasn't had a race with any genuine tempo. No. Or, he deserves that. He might. He should get that Saturday, yeah. surely. I was a bit surprised Zara jumped off him two starts ago, but then when you saw what the gold trip did, I wasn't surprised <laughs> at all. He's. I think the Melbourne Cup's all over, by the way. So you keep telling me. I think without a fight's the only danger. Okay. Who gets close to them? I don't know. Gold trip can't win. Okay. 58 and a half. Mm. Um, I've been wrong before. They haven't put the blinkers on Millie's jewel, which intrigues me a little bit. I thought they'd put the blinkers back on this daughter of Sierra. Mm. Well, you probably need to talk to Simon. Simon, not Shane about it. Yeah. I might, I'm going to catch, catch up with Simon tomorrow. We might put this... <laughs> This piece, of, um, this this audio, and so this is Guy Moldcaster, Simon, dis- disrespecting you. Yeah, he used to call me Gary. I think. Yeah, <laughs> um, proven thoroughbreds. They've got. Think about it. Will beat Private Eye. Do you think Private Eye? Like, there's too much. There's too much difference in the prices there. Private Eye. If you swap the runs in the Everest, who, what's the result? Yeah, the only problem is think about it. See, seems to be pretty determined and stop horses going past him. Yep. I think it's happened nine times in a row now. So, you know, Private Eye's a bloody good horse, but... He's a winner. Yeah. you don't. He's a bit like you. Even though you think you're under pressure with Moldcaster, he finds it a little bit more. Um, 
we'll take a break. I tell you what, we'll discuss this horse after the break. It would have been hard to beat if he turned up for the Cox Plate Equinox. So we'll we'll talk to Guy about Equinox straight after this. It was too strong in the Tenno show. I want to ask him if they're making up these times in Japan as well. You're listening to Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with Gareth Hall and the Captain. Welcome back to the Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast. Gareth Hall with the Captain Guy Moldcaster. Jackson France is about to join us shortly. Just want to have a chat about Equinox. Um, what about this? One minute, 55.2 seconds over 2,000 metres. <laughs> yeah, well, that's about uh, 25 lengths quicker than they normally go in Australia. But yeah. in Japan, they go quick from the start. They go quicker in the middle and they go as fast as they can come into the yeah. home turn. Um, they do prepare very fast tracks in, in Japan. And like every time you see that horse, he just smashes them. So maybe the time might be a little bit wrong, but I wouldn't want to be chasing his tail around Mooney Valley. No, it would have been hard to beat in a Cox Plate. There's no doubt about I think that. He would have put, he would have put, made the terrible mess of them, Gareth. And you might have got a dollar thirty on the world tote. Yes. Now, which he got it was a dollar fifty, I think, there on the tote the other day. Sometimes they fall over. Yeah, I know, but still. Um, now with Equinox. So that's like breakup just going completely off track again. Like breakup probably needs a race like how they run in, in Japan. He needs to be flat out in a way. Um, and I know he was on uh, he was on pace the other day and he and he just got a little bit tired at the Caulfield Cup. But those Japanese horses, they don't sometimes. I know they've got a pretty good record in Australia, but they don't like the start stop that we sometimes present them. No, their races are run at a true tempo week in week out and. You got to remember the horses that get to the races in Japan are the toughest ones that have survived already. You know they're pre-trained yeah. at pre-training farms, are the best ones come to the races, and they're the toughest horses. Otherwise, they end up at the NRA, and you can bet on them at Kawasaki on a Monday afternoon, Gareth. Yeah, I got a couple of people that do the form for Japan there at Kawasaki on a Monday and all that, and they go pretty well. I'm just having a look on Bamburamai. He still can't get it. No one. I've, I know a few jocks have been offered the ride. No one. No one wants to ride this Japanese horse. Can't get a rider. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, um, that is interesting. Might have to call William Pike or something to jump aboard. Old Pikey from an inside gate. Well, we might be able to get Leith Gerald Innes to come over yes. and make a comeback. Um, the Breeders' Cup. It's just a sad. Like I want to go to the Breeders' Cup, but it's at the worst possible time for everybody. Terrible time oh. for us. Terrible time for us. Um, now, Jackson France joins us. G'day, Jacko. Morning, Gareth. Morning, Captain. Hey. Have you Jackson, met? This is the first you? time you met the captain in the flesh? Bumped into him yesterday at Flemington. So what was it like meeting your idol? Well, they say never met your heroes, <laughs> but um, obviously Captain Star left a good first impression, so it's great to have him down here in Melbourne in the SCN uh-huh. studios for the podcast. Now, well, Blue Point, did they give you a jacket or anything, darling? No, I've got a few hats at home, so they need to start winning, yeah. otherwise I might... Um, hide them under the bed and um, put my hand sciatic hat on. Don't panic. I think there's still a few in the winds that will come through for you. No, we'll be fine. It's only early. Home Affairs jacket looks pretty good. They're, they're Hard captain. to get these ones, Gary. Are they? Yeah. Where's, um, I see, um, where would Tom Magnier be this week? Will he be at the Breeders' Cup or will no, he be at Flemington? No, he'll be at Flemington. Okay. Like Do you Do want you reckon... me to get him to bring a Home Affairs jacket down for you? Yeah, that'd be good. I'll get on to it. Will you give us an owner's pass as well? From, That's you know? probably a negative. 
I'm only joking, Tom. I know he listens to this show. Um, all right, then, questions? Yeah, so our first one. How do we get to you? Because I've got a lot of people text me and say, Gareth, I want to ask the captain a question. How do they go about it? Yeah, so you can get in touch with me via email at jackson.frans, F-R-A-N-T-Z, at scn.com.au. All right, then. Uh, say that slowly. Jackson.frans, F-R-A-N-T-Z, at scn.com.au. With a Z at the end. So make sure you usually get the F R A N Z silence there. What about Jacko, by the way? I get him like a lot of the studs came up and said, Gareth, we love what you're doing, gear, kick younger audience and all that. And we see that you've leased a horse there from Sydney Easter sales. And I said to Jacko, a few other studs, all right? He's a bit giddy up. And then he's he's gone beyond behind my back in his colours. He's got sweating them on board and cool. And he's left left me out. And now he's put me in for ten. It was meant to be for the, the the listeners, but I think we've got a few listeners. Yeah, we've we got a few. It's actually going to stay in the Sweatnam colours. So I've been dealing with Sam. Oh, okay. There, but it's so you over... missed out there, Jacko. Disappointing. Yeah, you. but um, got a few people in, some good crews. Guinea come in the Jack studio. Jack so managed, managed to get him in for 10%. Okay. So it's over in Adelaide with um, Phil Stokes and the team, and it's actually one of its first now, jump out. So. we're not a syndication business or anything. We're just no, having not some at all. fun. Just we just fun. get that on the record before you start. Before you're upsetting yes. all your sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's plenty of questions that have come through, and the first uh, of those is from Mick Captain. He says, you've previously stated that you're out to purchase an athlete from the yearling sales, but when you have success with specific salients or notice certain trends with certain bloodlines, does it make you think twice about passing on a type you mightn't be as fond of? No, because I always remember the horse by the stallion that I purchased and I'm looking for similarities. So, you know, if you're going for an ocean park, you're looking for a horse that looked a little bit like Colding and, and Kovalika wasn't totally, you know, different, so... That's the sort of thing you know what you've seen before and then, then you try to carry it on. Just the two questions this week and the final one comes through from Chris. He says, we've seen mares purchased from America have success in Australia in recent years. For example, Lighthouse, Contair, Patero and Princess Grace. Um, what type of American mare is suited to Australian racing and conditions? Yeah, well, I wouldn't be say I'm an expert on that field, but I know that you know horses like Princess Grace and, and that sort of thing, they're fast horses that that can sort of get a trip, race on pace. And, you know, when you see these ones perform in Australia, you'll see more of them coming through. I've got a question from Jeremy. Australian bloodstock purchased that um, French man only eight weeks ago. When is the time, basically, I can't understand your writing, Jeremy, but basically he's trying to say, then what's the latest you can purchase a horse for a Melbourne Cup? Because that is leaving it, leaving it to the last minute. Yeah, well, what happens... Gareth, is you buy a horse, it has to have two sets of bloods done, two inoculations. Yep. So they come through with a timing, and then you work out when the flight is. You've got to do two weeks quarantine before the flight. You've got to do two weeks quarantine when you get here. So Australian bloodstock would know what the last day they can get a deal done on. They would have checked on that animal that had those two inoculations and, and then that and bloods would have come through in time for it to start the quarantine. All right, then. There you go. Just a final one before we wrap things up, Captain. What's your take on racing mares after putting them in foal? For example, next year, Imperatrice could plot a path towards the Everest, but is it possible that they could get her covered on the 1st of September and then still race on towards an Everest? Yeah, totally. It, um, they're not allowed to run after X amount of days in foal. So I think that normally comes down to somewhere in late November, December. So uh, if Imperatrice happened to want to run in an Everest, she could be tra- uh, covered on the 1st of September. She'd be 10 weeks in foal, um, 
or six weeks in foal be fine because you know she wouldn't have even had her field hardly had her 42 day test you yeah. know so that's more than happy but you know, with the way Tiakau work, you'd be more sort of expecting her to go through the Magic Millions in June and, and someone pay a hell of a lot of money for her. I've got a couple of winners for you. I'm super confident I'm out punting you this. So what, what, what's the competition, $200? Yeah, he's going to have $200. All right, beautiful. So we've got probably, we've got a couple of meetings. I'm going to start, I'm going to have like a, I'm going to have five horses and I'm going to have, a parlay three, four. So, no, two, three, four. So we'll work it all out. I'll put this on myself for $200. Parlay two, three, four. He-Man in the first race at Flemington. People think that Mark Sarra jumped off Brave Mead or got the sack because he went to gold. He got rid of a gold trip. He, he's, he jumped off Brave Mead to ride He-Man. That's the best tip that you can get. Um, the Archer. I'm going to save my biggest bet for a horse that you know really well on Tuesday. Is he going there, Mr. Waterfield? Is it Waterfield? Waterville. He'll be winning on Tuesday in that race. He'll be very, very hard to beat. It depends where um, Duke de Sasso goes. Doesn't matter. Okay. I think Duke de Sasso won't be going Cup Day. He'll go to Queen Elizabeth. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I can find out. No, it doesn't matter. All right, then. Um... I was going to back Shinzo, but I don't know. It's too good of a race. I think Sadozi's going to be one of my. It'll be winning the Wakeful and it'll win the Oaks. Um, Derby's too hard. And I don't mind a horse, Munamek. No, we've drawn Barry number 18 now. So I'm just uh, So I'm just going to have my bet. I'm going to have it all up for $200. He-Man. Into Mr. Waterville on the Tuesday, into Sardozzi. That'll do me. Good work. So you've gone from five down to three. I'll go against He Man and I'll take Influential in the first, the Carbine Club. Yeah, you can, who, wait have, a sec. Wait, Influential. It's not in there. Oh, yes, it is. Chris Waller, Jay McDonald. Mm. Yeah, it's fresh off a three length victory at Kembla Grange, which is usually good form for these sort of races. And then I will have... Um, What's Henry saying about my tip, He-Man? Didn't ask him. So I've got Influential. I've got uh, Jolie Star runs in a short race on Melbourne Cup Day. I've got a tissue who worked with Jolie Star yesterday. I thought you would have spotted those two work very, very well, Gareth. And uh, that's my three. All right, then. Melbourne Cup tip. Melbourne Cup tip. Um, I don't think I want to be taking the shorts about the favourite. Okay. Who do you want to be backing then? Mm. This is going on TikTok. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give Gold Trip a chance to overcome the odds and carry the weight. And um, we'll talk about Fangirl and the like on, on Wednesday too. Perfect, Gary. Oh, looking forward to it, Captain. I'm looking forward to you taking me out for lunch. Um, that is the podcast for Breeding Bloodstock and Banter with the Captain Guy Molecaster. Thank you, Jacko. Are you coming for lunch? Uh, yeah, if I'm invited, I'll tag along. Well, yeah, all right. Then you You're are have invited. To get rid of all that memorabilia that you got on your T-shirt, yeah. your jacket. You've got names Thanks. on your shoes. <laughs> Thanks for your company. Um, have a wonderful week. What a day of racing. 
across uh, Sydney and Melbourne. But Derby Day, there's something special about Derby Day, something special about Cup Week. We'll join you next Wednesday for our Breeding Bloodstock and Banter podcast with the captain. But for now, make sure you enjoy your week, enjoy the racing, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you. Thank you.